Welcome to A Brodacious Life. This is a show dedicated to the idea that all people from any background can design a life worth living. It all starts by organizing your life with the five F's. Faith, family, freedom, finance, and fun. We call this A Brodacious Life. Are you ready to design your best life? Your brodacious life? If so, then this is the show for you. What's going on, squad? It is another wonderful day on a brodacious life. So I wanted to have a quick conversation about something that I've learned this week. And I have been blessed with an opportunity to, uh, along with my wife and my oldest kids, have had the blessed opportunity to help in children's ministries. Now, I have, I'm going to be upfront with you. I am not a pastor. I am not an ordained minister. I don't even, you know, I've never considered myself that kind of guy. We saw something that we had been praying for over several months and an opportunity. The church just needed someone to kind of help fill some shoes. And we just kind of stepped in to help out. Our pastoral staff does such an amazing job. And it's up to we, the, you know, the members of the church to come in and help and provide support. So we've just had this opportunity to learn more about God than than I could ever have imagined working in children's ministries. There's a broad assumption about children's ministries and what goes on in that room when the parents aren't around. That room is almost treated like glorified uh, baby care service, and it can be something that is very daunting for people to volunteer to go up for. They really don't understand what goes on up there. Our church, we wanted to make sure that it was not something that was babysitting. We wanted to provide outreach every single week. We wanted to pray with these kids. We wanted to show them that it's okay to worship. It's okay to be have fun. It's okay to be quirky. It's okay to love Jesus. And it's not something that makes you different than others. And I, I just really enjoy being up there in that room with those kids. You know, each week, my wife and daughter, they meticulous plan out all the events and all the things that goes on up there. And yes, there's a curriculum that's up there, but it goes far beyond just a simple story. You know, my daughter, Eliza, and my son, Caden, you know, they put on, they run the sound system lights video. They help lead worship. They do skits. You know, meanwhile, my wife and I, we lead through the service through stories, plays, puppets, and, uh, and games. You know, each time around these kids, I find that there's something new that I'm learning about God faith and the next generation of leaders in the church. And that's what they have to be looked at. I think too often we we see these kids as just these little rugrats that run around. And what we have to understand is that's the next leadership, not just of our church, but of our nation, our city. And you know, those are going to be your future neighbors one day, right? So I want to just kind of talk about, you know, a few things real quick, five things that I've learned about kids. First is they soak up a lot of information. Like it's like court. Everything you say can and will be used against you. And they retain the information so much better than they would later on in age. 
The time to teach great stories and return to Christian morals and values is it's got to start at that age. And they learn the verses and what they mean and how do they apply and the young age. And yes, they soak up lots of information. They also expel lots of information. And no, I don't hold that against anybody. Kids, they are sponges, and they see everything that's going on around them, and they're constantly reacting. You know, we heard a conversation uh, from one of our guests the other day that talks about, you know, from one to, you know, seven years old. That's really the time that they are learning all the norms that go on in life, and we need to make sure that good morals and values are a part of that norm because a lot of people don't have that. You know, our pastor is one of those. He didn't grow up with that, and um. So number two is kids are far more spirit-minded than our adult counterparts. You know, we had an amazing young man. His name was Lucas. You know, Lucas opened us up in prayer the other morning. The love in his heart and in his in his prayer was beyond comprehension. He began not by asking for things, but leading a deep prayer on his thankfulness for his family, his church, friends, and the country that we live in. Many adults would clamor up when asked to pray. And, and Lucas, Lucas was just not just willing to volunteer, but he poured his heart and his spirit into leading that prayer. You know, I think often we think of our kids as these small little things that receive all they they pray to receive a certain gift or for a daddy just I just want a good day. God help us give us a good day. But Lucas led a prayer that was worthy of any adult service that I've ever been in. And it brought so much pride, joy, thankfulness, and most importantly, it brought the spirit of worship to the room. Next, kids are very, very generous. And in our mundane parenthood, finances and children may be a tough subject to handle. You know, often we think that, you know, when we speak of our children, we often talk about them as money pets. I love my six kids to death. I have more than spent my fair share on my kids. But I have noticed children, including my own, giving above and beyond each week. My daughter, Gracie, has been giving uh, money that she has saved on her own. She's not coming into my pocket asking for money each week. She's not robbing my piggy bank or my the the quarters and the sofas. All those those sometimes end up in there as well. She has her own small business since she was the age of seven years old. It's called Maze Mellows. There she sells fresh made marshmallows from scratch at the farmers markets. It's a hard to pass by a cute blonde haired blue eyed freckled smiling child without purchasing. A marshmallow. She has been earning hundreds of dollars in each market. This year, I've noticed an even deeper movement within her heart. This year, due to some difficult, you know, we had some difficult family situations this fall. She was not able to go to a lot of those markets. She did not make the money that she's used to making. Christmas season, that's big buck season for little May. But she didn't have that opportunity. Our hearts and our efforts were needed at home, uh, both to be with Dr. J's family and to be with my wife's family as both sides of the family kind of had some things going on during the holidays. So she missed out on those markets. But instead of clamoring up and I hate to say being restrictive on what she gave to God, she dove deeper into what she gives God. And she has not only kept up with her giving, she has actually doubled her giving in this time. And I got to admit, 
it kind of made me want to man up a little bit. It, it put a challenge in my heart and soul. It, it gave me something to strive for because I'm not naturally that way. As the dad, it's my job. To, I got to provide. I got to do A, B, C. We got to hit all these check marks or else, you know, we got to pay for the house and do this and that. But I truly believe when you give to God, God's going to take care of you. There was, and when I was little, uh, my dad was a pastor. My mom always helped do the, uh, we did like this big play every year for Easter. And it was a big deal in this small community. It was at the theater there. And there was several, almost two or 3,000 seats. They would do m- many viewings of it, like seven to 10 viewings of it. They would all be packed. Everyone from counties and you know states away would come and see this play. And at the very end, there would be this display of banners as they come in, and they're the different names of God. And one of those was a big, beautiful purple one, and I, I remember it to this day. It had big, big ram's horns on them. It was purple and gold, and it said Jeho- Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord will provide. And I have to have that in my heart and my soul every single day. I have to be willing to give my finances up. Yes, finances are super important. Obviously, we talk about our finances as part of our five F's, and but part of that five F should also be giving to the church. You know, our church, you know, it's not Joel Olstein, and I'm not going to try not to bash on him too much. But when I give to church, I know it's not going to pay for a plane so my pastor can fly around. I know that money is going to good things, not just paying for my building, but it's paying for outreach there in my community. And then I give to missions above and beyond that. So I have, I feel challenged. I feel that's something that's deep within my heart is that I'm, I'm challenged. So number four is they want to bond and they are willing to leave their comfort zones to find acceptance. You know, acceptance is something that every kid strives for. I'm an adult and I strive for acceptance, right? Everybody wants to feel loved. They want to feel accepted within a group. And that's also can be a downfall. We have to make sure that we're helping our kids find acceptance from the right groups. And that doesn't mean that they're getting acceptance from a particular skin color. It's or, you know, whatever. It's about finding a group that finds the same morals and values that you want them to have when they get older. You know, so we're not talking surface level comfort zone. These kids, they want to find a connection and family with others. Yes, kids like to be told how great they are, how beautiful or handsome they may be, or how skilled or talented they might be, but they can sense when we are adding fluff to a conversation versus when we are adding connection into their lives. And it's important for us to be authentic when we talk to kids. Kids know you are not perfect. They want us to, they don't want us to be told how perfect that you were. But understanding that others, including the people that we're talking around them, they need to know that you have faced similar issues and how you've pushed through them. That's the best way to say it. They want to feel connected to people and believe it or not, specifically adults. It is why celebrities become idols. Kids will find connection and it's up to the church body and us as adults to help guide that connection into positive role models and show them through good example. We wonder why children kind of get pulled astray when we allow children to form fictitious bonds with false models such as like Cardi B through social media. Number five 
every kid has a talent and a desire and a desire that that talent to be recognized. The a few weeks ago, I'm going to tell a cool story. You know, we're we're in school, uh, we're in children's church, and in the middle of wrapping up our children's church service, and we typically wrap up with like a fun game at the end. We decided to have a paper airplane competition. Of course, you know, inspired by you know the office. Not going to lie, and <laughs> each kid went on their way to make this these amazing airplanes. Some kids had like a rudimentary box plain thing, you know, looked like it was designed by Gru from Despicable Me. Others came to me and that showed them how to fold one and get one together. You know, then there was this different type of kid that was in the room. Once planes were being made, we sat out pencils and crayons to have all the different kids, you know, kind of decorate their plane and make it cool. I noticed one young lady from across the room who went and grabbed a piece of paper and a pencil. She sat down on the floor and and she sat on the floor using her chair as a desk. She began to draw on that paper. I figured she just didn't want to uh she just kind of was she wasn't wanting to be a part of she just didn't want to be a part of the the pens, uh, uh being a plane. And the, I was a little frustrated at first. I didn't know what to 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 mean by this. I uh, we I got all the kids up and we're we're throwing planes and planes and again and again she's she's not participating in fact we're not she's not acknowledging me at all so I'm trying to make recommendations and I went all about my business and just tried to not really give it attention you know as a leader of the the kids church or whatever I want the kids to be engaged in what's going on so I'm kind of getting a little I'm kind of getting a little butthurt that this kid is not liking my game that I've got going on. This kid never looked up. But I began to slowly drift over there, though, to see what was so important on this page. What's more important than playing with a, a paper airplane competition, right? So I noticed, first thing, this kid had an, a talent that was beyond measure. This young lady had never really addressed me in the room before. I almost kind of want to make it clear on the, the the scenario and the relationship between me and this young lady. This lady, this young lady, she comes in. She's probably, you know, third or fourth grade. She is a different skin color than me. She has a different background than I do. She dresses different, than, obviously, than I do, but my kids do. There's nothing that is there that keeps us in that that we have in common, it feels like. I've tried fist bumping, high fiving, asking questions. All I get is this girl who comes in week after week. She just puts her hoodie over her head. She slouches down in the seat and she does nothing for the entire hour and a half up there. But I noticed something when I came over there and I peeked down and I saw this beautiful drawing that she had made. I just looked down and I said, that what that looks amazing. Did you draw that? And she looked at me with the biggest smile. I've never seen her smile before. And she said, I, I drew that. And I was just I went on to tell her how beautiful that drawing was. You know, it was uh it was a graffiti art and it was like a graffiti art of a rose. And it just went and extended up on the the page. It had shading, it had all kinds of quality. Just it was just very in-depth picture, something that I could not comprehend that a girl in third or fourth grade could draw. 
So we go on, and obviously this kid has talent. You know, since then, you know, we've recognized that her talent needs to be used for God. Everyone has a talent, and God blesses everyone with a talent. And it's on us as the adults, leadership, parents, you know, to help us to find that passion and that drive and that picture. When her face lit up, I knew that was her passion. That was her love. That's what got her through the day was drawing. And I could sense it on that paper. I still don't know anything about her home life, who her mom is, who her dad is. You know, what is her home life like? I don't know. But I know that God has a talent in her that is drawing. And I know that she could very well be the next Leonardo da Vinci, Vincent van Gogh, Augusta Savage. You know, her voice through art could be the reason someone understands the magnitude of God's love. And every kid has a talent, and it's us up to us to help nurture and accept their true talents. In our culture, we often place athletes and celebrities up on these super high pedestals and treat them as the new moral code for humanity. We see it day after day, celebrities being placed in front of kids that have been told you know, who you can be, when in all reality, it may not be their fullest potential of talent. Yes, occasionally you do have athletes who end up on these, these amazing world stages and have platforms and discuss faith. We saw that with the injury last month with uh, the, the, the Bills player and the outpouring love and the, to pray on live television was absolutely mind-blowing considering 10 years ago they were crucifying Tim, Debo, Tim Tebow for kneeling on the field. You know, we need to nurture that skill and desire and passion and something that goes through beyond just passing a doodle drawing and encourage them to reach beyond what they see in front of them into a world they could have never imagined beyond their wildest dreams. You know, often we hear the, the, the kids today speech and insert something super negative. What are we going to do each day that is positively going to affect their life? Not just today, but 20 years from now when, it, when they come to the talents and the skills that they show today. We cannot allow today's youth to be for, further disconnected. I find it wild that in today's world where we are constantly connected through Facebook, Instagram, uh, TikTok, there's uh, Snapchat, there's Twitter, but yet we are the most disconnected society in the world. We have allowed the internet and social media to teach our kids how beauty should look, what religious or lack thereof beliefs they should have, what friends they should possess, what clothes do they wear, what morals and values should be placed as a priority. We simply cannot allow our next generation to simply be taught what is cool, what's acceptable through the lens of modern culture. Though the church might not change with the times on music, scenery, and the passing of growth of people through the church in and out, the church is constantly making changes. When technology or culture passes in its moral capability, it is the responsibility of the church uh, to act as counterculture to assess and, and bring back the proper alignment in our society. I say all that to say kind of in closing, you know, I'm going to put it from the perspective of a dad, you know, men, we want our boys to hunt. We want to fish. We want to fix vehicles, provide them, you know, we want them to provide for themselves, but are you willing to teach them fishing? Can they tie a knot? 
I'm reminded of of my friend Mr. Melvin who has a grandson, Levi. I get the great pleasure of hanging out with Levi a couple times a year. We go and he'll come play airsoft with him. He's good friends with my son. He's a fun, goofy kid who has a passion and making a difference by selling fishing lures that he handcrafts from wood. He has taught a skill. He has been taught a skill by his parents and grandparents that transformed into a passion. This kid who could be spending that money on new Jordans, the latest gaming system, the greatest piece of physical property that social media tells him that he needs to possess, but he's being a game changer for God. Be positive on our next generation. If I can just pass that on, be positive with them. If they fail or miss the mark, it's not their fault. It meant that we didn't do our jobs as the generation before them. So we allowed ourselves to be disconnected, phone screens up to our nose, and did not lead the next generation. We allowed an algorithm on social media to teach our kids about careers, talents, and, and, and beyond, about love, acceptance, and the lack of moral values. How can the next generation stand a chance, gentlemen, are we teaching our young men to follow Christ, to love his to love his spouse and each partner to cherish their love, to protect and to provide, to lay a hand on her? Or are we teaching them to 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 lead his offspring in faith? We cannot sit by idly while that algorithm clicks away at them every single day. And you can't remove you can't remove the algorithm. That's that's the hard part for us to understand. Our our instant thing is to take away that cell phone, but they're still going to be around it all day and there's nothing you can do, but we have to be there as the parent, as the dad to really deep dive in and provide the moral structure for our kids. You know, I just want to encourage you to chat with your kids, love on them, encourage them and be involved. Listen, listen in, connect, encourage them. When you see that talent and help them find growth, you know, find a way to help them express that talent, help them to find a way to use that talent for Christ. My generation owner have an, an insanely important responsibility. You, my friends, need to take it seriously. That's my challenge for you this week. I hope that you're having a blessed day. I hope that you know that you are loved, that you are amazing. And no matter what's happened in your past, no matter what's happened around you, you have an opportunity to make a positive impact on your life and the people around you. You know, we talked about positive vibes and how that interacts with the world around with us. I hope that you have just a positive vibe week. You have the, the soul of Christ in you and that you are blessed beyond measure and you bless those around you. Have a fantastic day and we love you you. Thank you for listening to today's episode of A Brodacious Life. We hope that you will like and subscribe to this show on whatever platform that you are listening to. Sign up for our newsletter at abrodaciouslife.com and follow us on Instagram. More importantly, we hope that you spend your day with faith, family, freedom, finance, and fun and live brodaciously.